This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 501. Good morning. It is Thursday, July 6th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine hot again today. High 88 tonight overnight. Partly cloudy, low 73. And then Friday, sun and clouds, chance of a late day shower, not as warm, though high 84. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 73 and clear in Valley Stream out on Long Island, 72 and clear in Deal down the Jersey Shore. And it is 74 and clear here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up 6 o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning. As I came on the air yesterday, I was complaining about the fireworks show that continued in my neighborhood till, till I left to come to work at 2 in the morning yesterday. And, um, and everybody I spoke to had the same issue in their neighborhood. Just people going nuts for all hours, total disregard for their neighbors. I, my wife was going to go out and scream at them. I said, no, you know, you're not going to win this battle. And it's just one night a year you have to put up with fine. So last night when I got into bed, pulled the blankets over my head, I was pretty damn excited because I was so tired from not sleeping the night before. And then about 10 o'clock, all of a sudden, the explosions begin again. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. It's no longer July 4th. It is July 5th. It is over. You can't shoot these off at, you know, late at night. And I'm like, ah, no, I'm not, now I'm going to have to deal with it. So I start to get out of bed. But thank God for my neighbors. All of a sudden, I heard this commotion of people out on the streets. And uh, they had gone after, I don't know if it was kids, adults. I didn't couldn't see from my angle of my house. But uh, they charged at these kids. I guess they were just as frustrated as I was. And they said, no, you can't do this. And uh, either they listened to them or they got the police involved. I couldn't really tell what was going on. But uh, uh, there was a couple of them shot off at like 10.05, and that was it. The uh, neighbors confronted them and said, no way, that's not happening. July 4th is over. So hopefully that was the same in your neighborhood because apparently it was just crazy no matter where you went all over the tri-state late into July 4th and in July 5th. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. Two firefighters die battling a blaze at the port in Newark. Bullets fly at a Metro North station. Search for sarks continue on Long Island. A surprise find in the garbage in Queens. And a bear takes on some dogs and a homeowner in New Jersey. All right, let's get into it at 5.03. Just a really tragic story coming out of Newark. We do not have all the details in. They are kind of sketchy. But here is what we know. A fire broke out aboard a cargo ship 
at Newark Port. This was about 9 o'clock last night. Again, these details will probably change as the morning wears on. But firefighters from the Newark Fire Department showed up. They found the Grande Costa ship, which was carrying thousands of cars and at least a half a dozen on fire on the top deck. So firefighters raced in to start to douse these flames. They instantly called in firefighters from Bayonne, Jersey City, Elizabeth. The FDNY was called in to help fight this thing. And at some point during this fire, again, don't have all the details yet. At some point, we will. Two firefighters went missing. And we've been following the story since uh, we walked in the door this morning. And uh, now the latest we have been told is two firefighters were killed battling this blaze. We do not know where they were found. We do not know exactly what happened to him. We do know this ship that was on fire carried over 5,000 cars, and the fire broke out on the 11th floor of this cargo ship. So, again, here's what we know. About 9.25 last night, firefighters called to Suez Street after they learned they thought it was a structure fire. It ended up being a ship that was carrying these cars. Uh, these firefighters were climbing staircases to reach fresh air from above at some point the word went out that two newark firefighters were missing and that was where the commotion got bigger than just the fire itself uh there were firefighters racing through trying to find these two missing firefighters again we don't know where they were found but we were told just about uh, 25 minutes ago, that these two Newark firefighters suffered fatal injuries. The investigation is active at this hour and ongoing. We are in touch, and obviously, as more details on this blaze come into us, we will pass them on to you. Uh, we do know that several other injured firefighters were taken to area hospitals, including University Hospital in Newark, for treatment of various injuries. We do not know the extent of of those injuries. Um, but again, as more details come on on this cargo ship fire that seems to have taken the lives of two Newark firefighters comes into us. We will pass them on to you. Just a tragic day for the Newark Fire Department, tragic day for people everywhere, for these brave firefighters who do this great work every single day. WABC News Time 508. Let's go up to Connecticut. A man in critical condition, two people on the loose after a shooting broke out on the platform at the Union Station uh, train station in New Haven last night. The MTA says they were notified of shots fired. This was about 835 last night. It was was um, pop pop maybe somebody had firecrackers you know I didn't hear it because I was in the car behind and the doors are closed then we were locked in not completely clear what took place but there was a possible dispute that had broken out on a train it allegedly spilled out onto the platform between tracks 12 and 14 a man was found on the train platform multiple gunshot wounds was taken to the hospital with critical injuries watching my phone charging against the wall and so like um, a bunch of the police officers that were inside or security um, started running and there's about six of them, and we thought it was either could have been like a stabbing or something because we didn't hear any gunshots. 
And then more police came and more police came. Yeah, it was gunfire. One of the gunmen got on a bus, apparently, went to another area of city. They have not found him. Police believe the shooting was targeted. Here's the mayor of New Haven. Ha- happened at our, our home train station is a really scary incident. But it's important to note that it appears that there were individuals that were in a, in a dispute with one another, that it wasn't a random, it doesn't appear to have been a random shooting. So police actively looking for two gunmen in connection to that incident. The heavy police presence expected at the train station this morning 510 travelers continue to see issues at the airports remember yesterday p Buttigieg, the transportation secretary told us that things were fine and dandy in the air but apparently that has not totally been true travelers say they've seen issues you know from the start of the holiday last week we told you about those weather delays those manpower delays and now there are issues with people who are trying to get home uh, after the July 4th holiday, this comes as thousands of travelers like this woman have seen their flights delayed or canceled the past few days. Flights were delayed, flights were canceled. I mean, we sat on a plane for an hour waiting for something to happen. Eventually, they just said, nope, it's canceled. Flight Aware reports there have been more than 1,300 flights delayed within and out of the U.S. on Wednesday. That's on top of over 100 flights having been canceled. A record number of people did travel over this year's holiday period. Here's a man who was at Newark yesterday. The best we can do for you after some time was to get you to your destination, which was Ohio, tomorrow. But I have to fly through Chicago now in order to get there. So it's another full day of flying. Yes, so of course the issue now is if you got out on your vacation, it's about coming home. The biggest message is pack your patients, get to the airport as early as possible, watch the weather, be as proactive as possible. That's uh, Paul Hartsham with the Association of Professional Flight Attendants. Uh, he says it's not just the flyers who are frustrated, but it's the people who work for the airlines. They're not happy either that things are taking so long. It's been such a mess. We all want to get home. We all have somewhere to be. And it's a lot smoother and a not, lot more pleasant in the cabin when things are on time. Yeah, I bet. We're going to be looking at full flights aside from weather issues we're hoping you know that we'll we'll get through this you know smoothly 511 let's go down to dc secret service investigating still how a small bag of cocaine ended up in the white house where this was discovered is a heavily traveled area where many white house west wing visitors come through this particular area Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre says uh, President Biden and his family were away at Camp David when the drugs were discovered by the Secret Service on Sunday. The White House was put down into a lockdown for a short period of time. The drugs were found in the West Wing. The president and the first lady and their family were not here this weekend. They left on Friday and returned just yesterday. Now, you get a sense there's cameras everywhere in the White House that they might have a sense who put the drugs there. But so far, they're not saying anything. The Justice Department reviewing a federal court's decision to limit the Biden administration's communications with social media companies. They're going to look into, uh, you know, evaluate our options. That's uh, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre again, says the administration certainly disagrees with the ruling. It's under review. Republican states have sued the administration, alleging it colluded with uh, social media sites to censor unfavorable views related to issues like the COVID pandemic and elections. We certainly disagree with this decision. The DOJ is reviewing this. And that stayed down at the White House where the president was meeting with Sweden's prime minister at the White House yesterday. Biden says he's anxiously looking forward to Sweden becoming a member of NATO. Sweden is going to make our alliance stronger. And as a 
same value set that we have at NATO. And uh, really looking anxiously looking forward for your membership. Swedish uh, Prime Minister Mingwao says he appreciates the U.S. support for his country to join the alliance. The United States fully, fully, fully supports Sweden's membership in NATO. We highly appreciate your strong support for Sweden's NATO accession. That means a lot to us. We, we do. It's a little hard to hear, but uh, he says uh, obviously Sweden would like to be a member of NATO as well, but their accession. Uh, to be a member of NATO has been blocked by, so far, by Turkey and Hungary. 514, the U.S. experienced just this rash of mass shootings over the long holiday weekend. Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney speaking out on the gun violence there after five people were killed, two wounded Monday night when a gunman and body armor opened fire on a group of strangers. It's a disgraceful but all too common situation in America. Nine people were shot and wounded at a 4th of July celebration in Washington, D.C. That followed three separate shootings that killed four people, injured three others in the nation's capital. Down in Texas over the long weekend, it was messy as well. Fort Worth Mayor Maddie Packer condemning the shooting that took three lives in her city on the eve of July 4th. It's senseless, man. You know, when you had people come in to a family environment with guns and start shooting randomly. So as it stands now, more than a dozen people dead, 50 others have been wounded in mass shootings in multiple states over the long holiday weekend. Just awful. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Good morning and happy Friday Eve, Justin Ellis. Good morning for that, uh, or I should say thank you for that lead-in, Noam Layden. You're welcome. It was a very depressing one, but uh, we're well, going to... Sometimes the news is depressing, Yeah, Justin. well, there you go. <laughs> but we'll try to lift your spirits here. All right, the Mets, they have won uh, four straight now, I believe. They waited until they were down to their last strike last night. To crank out the fourth consecutive win in the form of a 2-1 to road victory over the Arizona Diamondbacks. It was Francisco Alvarez, once again, he's been raking lately, who brought New York back from the dead, launching this homer to right to tie it up. And he flies one deep right field, McCarthy back near the wall, it's out of here! Francisco Alvarez ties the game! Two out, two strikes, home run in the top of the ninth! <laughs> That was right before Mark Canna stepped up to knock in the go-ahead run on this RBI triple that capped off the incredible rally. And he drives one to center field. That's deep. That goes Thomas. Back to the warning truck. It's over his head. Racing for third, Beatty. He'll turn and score. Canna heads for third. He's got an RBI triple. And the Mets have the lead at the top of the ninth. Oh, wow. Wow, indeed. Both those calls courtesy of SNY and still... After four straight wins, the Mets, they got a lot of work to do. They get back in the playoff discussion. Now six and a half games back in the NL wildcard race. They'll go for five straight W's in tonight's finale in Arizona, set for 9.40 p.m. first pitch. Carlos Carrasco will get the start in that one against Arizona's Ryan Nelson. Now for the Yankees, who were your losers for the nightfall on 6-3 to three to the visiting Baltimore Orioles in the third of a four-game set. Donaldson and Volpe, they stayed hot for the Yanks with respective homers, but it wasn't enough to clinch the series win over the O's, which they'll have to give another crack at in tonight's 7.05 p.m. first pitch finale at the stadium. Luis Severino will be tasked with going up against Baltimore's Kyle Bradish. There were sports, or should I say baseball, 
Milton Layden. I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 519. Let's update you on that story Joe is talking about at the port. We have more details. Two Newark firefighters killed after they became trapped while fighting a fire on a ship docked at Port Newark last night. This fire broke out about 930 at Export Street and Marsh Street. Newark firefighters dispatched to this location uh, on a ship at Port Newark. They got there. It was a cargo ship with uh, 5,000 cars on it. Uh, five to seven cars on the 11th and 12th floors of the ship, I guess, were on fire. They went in to extinguish it, but these firefighters would push back by intense heat. And at some point along the way last night, two firefighters were lost. They went missing, and uh, other firefighters went in to try to find them. The unidentified firefighters were eventually located inside the large ship and pronounced dead at the scene. We do not know exactly what happened to them. Those details have not been released. Uh, mayor Ross Baraka, the mayor of Newark, just releasing a statement moments ago saying a tragedy for us in the city of Newark and a tragedy for all firefighters who know what it means to go into a burning structure in a danger that you're going to have to experience when you do so. A number of firefighters were injured while battling this flame. They were transported to University Hospital in Newark for treatment. Uh, again, the ship was carrying about 5,000 vehicles when it caught fire late last night. And again, two firefighters now confirm Newark firefighters tragically killed fighting that blaze last Last night. All right, 521. Let's go down to Florida. Survivors and families of the victims touring the building at the Marjorie Stoneham Douglas High in Florida, where a student gunman went on a deadly rampage five years ago. The parents will be allowed into that building today. It's going to be demolished. Uh, so here's a chance for some of these parents to see the building. Uh, some of these parents, of course, really upset that an ex-school deputy, Scott Peterson, was just cleared of criminally for allegedly not doing enough to stop the massacre. He was on campus to protect the students. Um, parents say he did not do his job on that day, but he was not criminally charged in this case. The jury came back and said no. Uh, the parents say that's all the talk as they take a tour of the school. We're going to hold them accountable. He lied. We knew the shots. Anyone, he went to nine feet from the door and heard the rounds going off. 17 people were murdered on that day. Uh, 17 others injured. Prosecutors and victims advocates will be available to accompany those who wish to view the crime scene before it is demolished. Some parents say they don't want to see it at all. Others say no, they want to see where their loved ones died. So it's more of, of that process than I guess true closure because I really honestly don't know what closure looks like. Yes, yeah, some parents say they'll always have lingering questions about what took place that day. 522, down to the Texas-U.S.-Mexico border. Conservative activists sounding the alarm about a surge of Chinese migrants crossing from Mexico into Texas. When we find people spying for the Chinese government who legally came into this country all the time, how many coming in that spying that came in illegally? 
That's Curtis Coyier. He's with the group U.S. Border Watch. Roughly 9,700 illegal immigrants from the People's Republic of China have been caught during the first seven months of this fiscal year trying to cross the border. China is everywhere. They haven't believed, and that is world domination, and they're well on their way to achieving it. In this case, it's believed the most of them are economic migrants and those trying to escape the country's oppressive Communist Party, but this group, U.S. Border Watch, says they want to know a whole lot more about those Chinese migrants crossing the border. In addition to building a wall, by the way, some congressional Republicans want to authorize military force inside Mexico to stop the flow of people coming across the border. But that's not sitting well with Democrats who are in border states who fear political fallout if that takes place. He would become a pariah around the world. You know, in the same way that Russia is. Congressman Joaquin Castro of Texas there instead has filed legislation that seeks to stop the flow of guns into Mexico, which have been used to fuel the bloody battle between cartels. There would be literally bloodshed. I mean, you're talking about a possible war with Mexico. That's how crazy this is. There have been about four pieces of legislation that would help either justify that or actually authorize it. Castro says he'll do everything he can is to get into way in any kind of legislation or thought to start a war in Mexico. 524, the Federal Department of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services has proposed updates to the U.S. citizenship test. So last year, they announced that the test was due for an update, which is normally receives about every 15 years. The proposed update was released yesterday, and it would add a speaking section to the test and to an attempt to assess English language skills of the person trying to become a U.S. citizen. An officer would show photos of ordinary scenarios such as weather or an activity and the applicant would have to verbally describe the photos. Now, there are a lot of people who have gotten their citizenship, passed the test, but say when they did so, they never would have been able to pass a verbal English test, and they don't want this verbal English test to take place. I feel like a lot of people coming to the country, like, you know, planning on to pass the test, and they build their knowledge on what the test has and not on the speaking portion mainly because they can't adapt to the English language. It's very difficult to um, be able to adapt a new language in such a short amount of time. But there are people on the other side pushing, saying, no, you should be able to communicate somewhat in English before you get that citizenship. In the current test, one's speaking ability is evaluated during the naturalization interview where applicants verbally answer questions that they've already answered on paper. Now, it's not clear if the English test where you verbally have to speak to somebody will become a permanent part of uh, taking the oath, but uh, that is one of the proposed changes that uh, they're thinking of doing when they put these new changes in come 2024. 525, a potential labor strike looms after negotiations broke down yesterday between UPS and its union workers. The Teamsters Union says that UPS walked away from the negotiating table Wednesday morning after making what the union called an unacceptable offer while UPS says it was the union that abandoned negotiations. A stalemate with the fate of 340,000 UPS workers, over half of the company's labor force, at stake. Last month, the union voted to authorize a strike, with the current contract expiring at midnight on July 31st, leaving scant time to strike a deal. Weekend pay, company holidays, and air conditioning in delivery trucks are among the issues at hand. 
No additional negotiations are scheduled. UPS workers last went on strike in 1997. Jeff Milby. 526, let's go down to Texas, where lawyers for a Texas professor who was fired for teaching biology are giving his school until the end of the day to rehire them, uh, him, rather, or they're going to sue. There was a walkout at St. Philip's College in San Antonio over Johnson Varkey's lesson, which said that a person's sex is determined by X and Y chromosomes. They accused him of religious preaching, but he taught a very straightforward lecture on the human reproductive system that was from the textbook. He's being represented by First Liberty Institute. That's the attorney Kayla Tony says the school violated her client's right to free speech. The free speech clause protects Dr. Varkey's ability to teach biology in a way that's consistent with his study of biology and also his sincere religious beliefs. So they're giving him till the end of the day to the uh, school to rehire this professor or they'll take it to court. He really had a great 20 year career there and just came up with no warning. No. Yeah, it was very surprising, very shocking to him. Yeah, we'll see what happens later today. We are just getting started on this early Thursday morning. So much more to get to as we work our way up six o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning will get you the latest on this tragic story overnight to Newark for firefighters killed at the port. We'll get you the latest on that. The search for sharks continues on Long Island. There was a surprise find in the garbage in Queens, and a bear takes on some dogs and a homeowner in New Jersey. Those stories and more coming up after this. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 532 Thursday morning, July 6th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine, hot and humid today, high 88. Tonight, overnight, partly cloudy. Low 73, and then Friday a little bit cooler. Sun and clouds, chance of a late day shower, high 84. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 73 and clear in Valley Stream out on Long Island. 72 and clear down the Jersey Shore in Deal. And it's 74 and clear here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour with what's been a breaking story for us since we got on the air at 5 o'clock this morning. Two Newark firefighters killed last night after they became trapped while fighting a fire on a ship docked at Port Newark. This fire broke out about 9.30 last night. It was a container ship that was carrying about 5,000 cars. That's what we're being told. The blaze ripped through some of those floors not clear yet what happened to these two firefighters but at some point as this fire was being battled they went missing they were searched for they were found they died at the scene we haven't been told much more than that i'm sure we will get more details as the morning wears on a number of other firefighters were injured while battling those flames they've been transported to university hospital in newark for treatment no word on their uh, uh, conditions at this hour. Again, the ship was carrying about 5,000 vehicles when they went in to battle it uh, late last night into early this morning. 533. 
out to Long Island as more people head to the beach to cool off from the heat. There's warnings about watching where you swim. This is after at least five people have been bit, four of them confirmed by sharks off the coast of Long Island. This is just since the holiday weekend. There are more surveillance of the sharks going on now. They've put drones up into the air. New York State Rangers, police operating those drones, looking for sharks in the water so they can warn people back on shore. The ability to put these up in the air within minutes and get a live view of exactly what the drone is seeing is invaluable. The cameras are better so we can see better in the water. It's clearer. And they have great spanning. You can see a larger area of the ocean. So the drone yesterday captured a school of about 50 sharks swimming off the coast of Robert Moses State Park on Fire Island Tuesday morning, at, um, or rather Wednesday morning. It prompted a delayed opening uh, at the beach. Uh, but this is standard stuff that, that goes on deep into the ocean that was not near shore. So there was uh, no real reason to be for people to be frightened. That's what we're being told, of course. But this is after there were a number of people who were bitten by sharks off of Fire Island. And you can imagine it's freaking out some people who are on vacation and want to go swimming. It's scary. But, you know, not, you can't not go to the beach at the same time. I don't go all the way in. I just dunk. Yeah. I'm a dunker and a shell collector. <laughs> okay. Uh, state park officials say the uh, sharks keep coming closer to shore because they're chasing after bait and bunker fish. Hell yeah. All summer. Every day I'll be here. Every day. Yeah, so some people say it doesn't matter. They will keep going to the beach. No big deal. Things happen in the summertime. 535, a mother continues a search for her son that has now spanned nearly three months. 20-year-old Isaiah Henriquez is from West Babylon, out of Long Island. He was last seen leaving a house party on April 8th, about 7.30 p.m. He got into a lift that took him to uh, a reservation in Mastic, and that's where the trail has gone cold. Nobody knows where he is. Uh, his mother, uh, desperately searching for him, does not want his story to be forgotten. It's been 12 weeks, three months since my son has been missing. Isaiah, Bobby, if you're listening, I love you. I love you so much. Uh, Diana, I miss you. Diana Henriquez there uh, pleading with anyone to help in her search, asking the media to cover her son's story so they find him. She is hopefully alive. Every news station, every social media, every elective official that can help me find my son, the FBI, everybody, if you know anything, any tip, that can help the detectives find my son. Yeah, communicating with police, there have not been any tips. Uh, Suffolk County Police issuing a missing alert for the 20-year-old, last seen wearing black sweatpants and a black Nike jacket. But now that's 12 weeks ago. But they say anybody that has any tips on where he might be should give cops a call. WABC News Time 538. Let's go out to Queens. An investigation underway after a man was found dead inside a garbage bag in Queens. This was about two o'clock yesterday. An identified man dead inside this garbage bag in East Elmhurst. Neighbors noted that blood was leaking from the bag and then someone made the grim discovery. It was there for a while until anyone realized that it was a body because it kind of just looked like a another piece of garbage someone just put a piece of garbage because it was fully covered at the time until someone then reported it and i guess someone took a peek 
and then realized there was a body. Yeah, the victim found with a puncture wound to his back, pronounced dead at the scene. No arrests have been made so far. No idea of the body, and the investigation is going ongoing. Officials investigating after a Department of Transportation truck just exploded in Long Island City yesterday afternoon. People went racing. The truck exploded after catching fire. This is 47th Avenue in Vernon Boulevard, about 1 p.m. All of a sudden, it just exploded. Everybody was just standing around, getting away, and all of a it exploded. Thankfully, uh, nobody injured, but the force of the explosion caused some nearby stores to evacuate. Some eyewitnesses actually said they had a hard time getting through to 911 to report the explosion. But again, thankfully, nobody hurt. Out to New Jersey, Irvington, where police were searching for a man who stole a vehicle yesterday with a child inside. My initial reaction was I, disbelief. Avion King says her seven-year-old nonverbal son, Jaden, was inside the family SUV waiting to get to his first day of summer school when her husband went to move the trash cans from the front of the driveway. That's when this person pulled up to the home, put on a mask, hopped into the driver's seat of the car, and made a getaway with Jaden inside. When he came back and he said, call the police, I'm not coming back here without my son. He was very clear on that. The car uh, thankfully found a few blocks away. Jaden was in the back seat, not harmed. According to what the cop said, when they opened up the door, Jaden just walked right out and just went right to the cops. That's it. It was just very calm. No tears, no crying, nothing. Yeah, so far they have not been able to catch up with the driver. 541. Let's bring it back into the city. A story we told you about yesterday, an update. Some New York City residents have been lining their pockets by issuing noise violations to local restaurants and bars. There was one guy, uh, you, you can make a citizen ticket which seems a little nutty, right? But uh, if uh, someone is making too much noise in your neighborhood, a business, a restaurant, you can then uh, notify the city of this and they'll issue a ticket and the city will split the profits of that ticket with you. Well, either half or a third of those tickets. Some of them are thousands upon thousands of dollars, these tickets for noise violations. And there's one guy out in Queens who's gotten so good at this that he's racked up about $600,000 in tickets that he has notified the city about of noise violations. So that means potentially he's made $300,000, which is a pretty good full-time job. So now that you're caught up on the sum story, some New York City residents have been lining their pockets doing this. And City Councilman Joe Borelli says the city's allowing citizens to enforce noise ordinances, which he thinks is a little nutty. All you have is is uh, neighbors against neighbors. You have people, some of them, by the way, don't even live in New York City. They've just decided to be, you know, professional New York City uh, tattletales. Yeah, $300,000, though, to be a tattletale is pretty good money. Private citizens taking this role of noise police can make up to 50% of the hefty fines that are issued to these businesses that are accused of using outdoor sound systems to attract customers. Business owners say the fines are just crushing, and they say if someone had just tapped them on the shoulder and told them to lower the music, they would have done that, and they wouldn't have had a fine. We have people that are that are making making tens of thousands of dollars uh, every year uh, with uh, 311 type apps uh, going around and just ratting on people for, for violation. Yeah, and so there's no incentive for these people who are citizen tattletales to tell the business to turn down the music because there's money to be made if they don't tell them and they're slapped with a ticket. 543.
New York City Council looking into the response by Mayor Adams and his administration to the Canadian wildfire smoke. The council set a hearing on the matter for next Wednesday. But uh, again, Councilman Joe Borelli thinks it's well, he thinks it's unnecessary. We have an air quality, um, you know, app for the city that, that people can go on and use if they're concerned. What this is all about is people just playing the blame game of Mayor Adams and saying he should have shut things down. Yeah, but uh, he did. We did not know that the smoke was coming in until the smoke was already here. And that's why some lawmakers have criticized the administration for being too slow to respond when the air became unhealthy on June 6th. Give people a warning about what was coming. A spokesman for City Hall says the city mounted a whole of government response to keep New Yorkers informed and protected during the smoke event. But by the way, that came after the smoke was already here. 544. While we're talking about mayors, let's talk about a former one and what's just kind of a bizarre story. Former Mayor Bill de Blasio and his wife, Shirlane McRae, announced yesterday that they're splitting after 29 years of marriage. All right, that's not so bizarre. But Mayor de Blasio and Shirlane McRae say they'll continue to share their Park Slope home while they date other people. And they do not plan to file for divorce. Here was Shirlane McRae outside the Park House, uh, Park Slope home yesterday. Big change for us, but Bill and I are still very much in love. I hope that we can be a model for how couples can communicate honestly about what their needs are and, and how to conduct themselves when they find it's a time to move in a different direction. So the couple says the decision to open up their relationship came during a heart-to-heart over why they were not lovey-dovey anymore. Those are their words. De Blasio says... Their relationship started to crumble amid the demands of him being mayor and his failed run for the White House. More from Shirlane. It's a positive move and and the, the best thing for both of us. All right. So why the announcement now? Well, uh, one divorce lawyer thinks that she knows why. She says it's all about money and real estate. But a lot of times, the you know, the marital home is the most expensive asset. So very often people can't afford to replicate their lifestyles um, without staying in the marital home. So that we see. Yes. So uh, both, by the way, appear eager to start dating. In fact, uh, McRae teasingly told a reporter yesterday that they could publish her number in hopes that she would get lots of men or women or whatever she's into these days, giving her a ring. All right. Five forty five. Let's head over to the 77 WABC sports desk. And here's Justin. Ellis. Well, thank you, Noam Layden. The Mets, they waited till they were down to their last strike last night to crank out their fourth consecutive win in the form of a two-to-one road victory over the Arizona Diamondbacks. It was Francisco Alvarez just raking lately. Once again last night who brought New York back from the dead, launching this homer to right to tie it. And he flies one deep right field. McCarthy back near the wall. It's out of here! Francisco Alvarez ties the game! Two out, two strikes, home run in the top of the ninth. That was right before Marcana stepped up to knock in the go-ahead run on this RBI triple that capped off the incredible rally. And he drives one to center field. That's deep. That goes Thomas. Back to the warning truck. It's over his head. Racing for third, Beatty. He'll turn and score. Canna heads for third. He's got an RBI triple. And the Mets have the lead in the top of the ninth. 
Those calls, courtesy of SNY, still after four straight wins. New York has a lot of work to do to get back in the playoff discussion. Now six and a half games back in the NL wild card race. They'll go for five straight in tonight's finale in Arizona, set for a 9.40 p.m. first pitch. Carlos Carrasco will get the start in that one against Arizona's Ryan Nelson. Not for the Yankees. They were uh, your losers on the night, falling 6-3 to three to the visiting Baltimore Orioles. In How, the you third of a- How you feel? How you feel? I feel good. Clearly, he feels great as well. <laughs> the third of a four-game set. Donaldson and Volpe, they stayed hot for the Yanks with respective homers. But it wasn't enough to clinch the series win over the O's, which they'll have to give another crack at tonight at 7.05 p.m. in the finale at the stadium. Luis Severino will be tasked with going up against Baltimore's Kyle Bradish in that one. He was sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Alec. All right, let's get you up on the big stories of the morning and the one we've been telling you about as more details keep coming into us about two Newark firefighters killed last night battling a blaze aboard a cargo ship in Port Newark. It's docked there. This blaze broke out about 9.30, Export Street and Marsh Street. Newark firefighters were the first to be dispatched to the scene. They called in fire departments from Bay own Jersey City, the FDNY, when they realized how big this was. 5,000 cars aboard this cargo ship. At some point while they were battling the flames, they realized that two firefighters had gone missing. They were eventually found and pronounced dead at the scene. We do not know what took place. Uh, a number of other firefighters have been taken to University Hospital in Newark for treatment. Of course, as more details on this breaking story come into us, we will pass them on to you. And then up in Connecticut last night, a man in critical condition, two people on the loose after a shooting broke out on the platform at Union Station in New Haven last night. The MTA says they were notified of shots fired. This was about 8.35 last night. It was um, pop, pop, maybe somebody had firecrackers, you know. I didn't hear it because I was in the car behind and the doors were closed. Then we were locked in. So the theory now is a possible dispute broke out on a train, allegedly spilled out onto the platform between tracks 12 and 14. A man found on the train platform multiple gunshot wounds taken to the hospital, critical injuries. Uh, Passengers who were waiting for other trains weren't really clear what was going on. Watching my phone charging against the wall. And so like um, a bunch of the police officers that were inside or security um, started running. And there's about six of them. And we thought it was either could have been like a stabbing or something because we didn't hear any gunshots. And then more police came and more police came. But it was gunfire. Now, one of the gunmen apparently got on a bus to get away in another part of the city. Don't know where the other gunman is. Police again saying the shooting was targeted. Here's the mayor of New Haven. It happened in our, our home train station. is a really scary incident. But it's important to note that it appears that there were individuals that were in a, in a dispute with one another, that it wasn't a random, it doesn't appear to have been a random shooting. And, of course, this is a huge vacation week across the country, July 4th, right in the middle of the week. And so people taking advantage of that, taking the week off. And we've been watching the airports all the way since last week where it was just a nightmare trying to get anywhere. Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, had told us that things were better this weekend. But now we're getting reports that things are bad as people try to get back home. Flights are canceled, delayed over the last few days. Flights were delayed, flights were canceled. I mean, we sat on a plane for an hour waiting for something to happen. Eventually they just said, nope, it's canceled. 
Flight Aware, which follows and tracks these flights, says more than 1,300 flights delayed within to or out of the U.S. just yesterday. That's on top of 100 flights that have been canceled. This man at Newark International says he was forced to take a different route to get to his destination. The best we can do for you after some time was to get you to your destination, which was Ohio, tomorrow. But I have to fly through Chicago now in order to get there. So it's another full day of flying. Flight attendants, they're complaining too, saying it's miserable for them. The biggest message is pack your patients, get to the airport as early as possible, watch the weather, be as proactive as possible. Part Hartsham, he's with the Association of Professional Flight Attendants, says uh, not just the flyers that are frustrated with the delays, but the workers who then have to pass the message on to the flyers. We all want to get home, we all have somewhere to be, and it's a lot smoother and a lot more pleasant in the cabin when things are on time. Yeah, I bet. We're going to be looking at full flights, aside from weather issues, we're hoping you know that we'll we'll get through this you know smoothly all right 553 let's go up to the bronx the first legal cannabis store going to open up in the bronx today there's plenty of illegal ones so people are not having a hard time getting weed but if you want the legal one it opens at 420 today which is when all these pot stores seem to be opening it's a little late in the day i mean you know it's half a day of sales but at the same point with all the excitement in there that's going to allow us to spend all the time we need with every customer. It's a little sad that it took this long. Brandon Bianco is the general manager of Status Dispensary, uh, has opened other dispensary locations, says he's pretty excited that there's finally a legal one up in the Bronx. It's, it's for the customers altogether. It's for the ones that have had to go through other means, but it's also for the people who have never smoked or who haven't smoked since the 70s. Okay. Uh, out to New Jersey. Police looking for pranksters who played a forgotten baby stunt on mall shoppers in northern New Jersey. It involved what looked like a baby in an infant carrier left on the roof of a car as a driver takes off. You can imagine you see this happening. Shoppers just panic trying to stop this guy. It should not be happening. I mean, that's sick. That's morbid. (laughs) I would freak out if I saw that. That's not good at all. You could give someone like panic attack. I feel like this is an old YouTube stunt I've seen before. Panic shoppers at all three Paramus Malls, Garden State Plaza, Paramus Park, and Bergen Town Center flooding 911 with calls about a Tesla with New York plates that was driving around with a baby stranded on the roof, not knowing it was a doll. It was a doll. And I'm assuming that this was all stuff that they were trying to capture to upload to YouTube. While we're in New Jersey, there was a really close call for a pair of dogs and their owner in the wilds of Hunterton County, New Jersey. It is bear country there. And uh, this man is home late at night. His name is Joseph. He walks out onto his porch late at night. He opens the sliding glass door. And all of a sudden, his dogs, who he had let out to do their thing, come running back in. And following them is a baby cub bear. I hear a bunch of wolves. Woof, 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 woof. The dogs shoot right past me into, the, and then I see the bear. And then the, the dogs went in. The bear tried to charge into the house. So on the other side of the glass doors was his girlfriend who saw the cubs uh, trying to get in. She slammed the glass door so the bear could not get in, leaving her boyfriend on the outside with the bear. The dogs on the inside. Sounds like something my wife would do. When they came inside the house, I just tried to lock the door, but I couldn't because the door got caught in the leash. So I was fighting. 
I was fighting the bear, you know, to the bear was pushing the door this way. I was pushing the door that way. That's my boyfriend. And, uh, you know, I love him very much, but I couldn't let the bear inside my house. Yeah, she loves the dogs more. I'm I'm in the same situation. So uh, Joseph's on the outside. The dogs are OK. His girlfriend's OK. But now he's facing off against a bear. And he said he did everything wrong. He ran away from the bear, which you're not supposed to do. But uh, he survived to tell a story. They say you're supposed to back off and, and look the entire time i didn't do that i i just turned around and just without even looking back i just went down the steps there came in through that gate you know on that white fence and came around the front yeah but he's okay but now he knows who's first in the family it's the dogs and then him